Thank you for taking time to listen to this week's message from First Orlando. You can find even more content, including video archives of this and other past messages at firstorlando.com. And if you're in the Orlando area, be sure to visit us sometime soon. Now, enjoy this podcast from First Orlando. We've been planning the end of our Summer in the City Beautiful series, and we've got a conversation that's going to take place with Pat Williams. You'll hear a little bit about him just in a second in this interview style format as we are challenged on what part of the principles of Jesus's leadership looks like and how those are principles that we can use every single day. We say often around here, we're on a mission to follow Jesus and lead others to do the same. And I know this This is going to be practical and application-based for you to be able to do that. The best way, especially in these days ahead, for you to keep connected to First Orlando is by downloading our app. You can do that by texting the word APP, A-P-P, to 40777. Through our app and also our website at firstorlando.com, we'll be posting regular updates about our campus and about ways as the storm passes of how you can help as we exist here for Orlando. With our app, that's also the way from home today, wherever you are, that you can give and take part of the mission that we're on together. We thank you for your generosity. A little bit later on in the service, you're going to have a chance to worship along with us with some music that we've pre-recorded. I know that's going to bless you, but right now we're ready for this conversation with Pat Williams. Pat Williams is a basketball Hall of Famer, known for co-founding the NBA's Orlando Magic, and is highly recognized throughout the sports world as a leader and motivator. He's best known for his passion and dedication to sports. Beginning over 40 years ago as a minor league baseball player, then moving into management for the Phillies, the 76ers, and beyond. Pat is a best-selling author of over 100 books and a father of 19 children, including 14 adopted from all over the world. Pat embodies what it means to be for Orlando. His leadership and influence have played a huge part in making the city beautiful what it is today. Well, good morning and welcome to First Orlando Online. I'm so glad that you're joining us today. And uh, in the midst of everything else that going, going on, we also have a hurricane and so today, Uh, We're not meeting, not gathering in person, but we are meeting together. And I'm so glad that you've joined us. Several weeks ago, uh, I was talking to Pastor David and we we started talking about things that we could do to wrap this Summer in the City beautiful series. And in those conversations, we talked about the possibility of inviting a special guest to come be a part of that. And I'm so thrilled that that has come to fruition. And today, Uh, David Loveless and I are going to have the privilege of interviewing somebody who really embodies what it means to be a part of Central Florida. 
Pat Williams uh, has been a part of our community since the late 80s and has had an incredible impact here in Central Florida in his uh, time here in Central Florida. And I'm so thankful uh, that we can have him here. Uh, Pat has written over 100 books. He's read thousands of books um, and written over 100. He is a prolific uh, writer and reader. He's a motivational speaker. He and his wife are, are the parents to 19 children, including 14 that are adopted from four different nations. And most of all, Pat is a devoted follower of Jesus Christ. He's a part of our church family. And for many years, he led a life group here at First Baptist Orlando. Uh, on the world stage, um, Pat has been listed as one of the 50 most influential pe people in the NBA history. He's a member of the Basketball Hall of Fame as well. He's the co-founder and former senior vice president of the, of the Orlando Magic. And it's our joy to have Pat here. Now, why would we invite Pat to be a part? And it's because Pat's focus, where he has spent most of his energy in reading and writing, is around the topic of leadership, what it means to lead, and how do we improve our leadership. I read uh, a few years ago a book that Pat wrote called Leadership Excellent, where he talks about the, the lessons from the leadership of Jesus and what we can learn about the way Jesus led that helps us to be better leaders. And some of you are probably asking yourself, Danny, I'm not a leader. Why are we talking about this? I've, I'm, I'm, I'm not in any position of leadership. Nobody's looking to me for leadership, but that's not true. Everybody should be and can be a leader. Leadership is influence. And in fact, our mission at First Baptist Orlando is to follow Jesus and lead others to do the same. And so we desire for all of us, for David and I, and for all of you who are watching today to become better leaders so that you can influence those in your family, in your community, at your, at your job, at your work, maybe at your school, um, being an influence not just for your sake, but for the sake of Jesus Christ and helping them find their way to Jesus as well. So I'm thrilled we're gonna have the opportunity to speak to Pat about this. And hopefully during this, uh, you'll learn some lessons that can help you become the leader God wants you to be right where you are. Well, Pat, it's great to have you join us today. Wonderful to be here, Danny. David, good to see both of you, yes. and I uh, look forward to our chat. Well, thank you for taking the time and being willing to talk about this very important topic for us. So I want to start us off talking, just asking you, Pat, how is it that you got focused on this topic of leadership and reading and writing so much about leadership? What was it that intrigued you about that? It would go back to my upbringing, uh, Danny. I grew up in Wilmington, Delaware, and my parents were both leaders. Uh, in different areas in Delaware, education, sports, the political field. And it seems that our house was always kind of the center uh, for their different meet, uh, meetings and so forth. I never heard the word leadership, but I saw them doing it. Mm, and then great, when yeah. I got a little bit older and, and got interested in sports, in high school, I ended up uh, playing the leadership positions. I was a quarterback in football, a catcher in baseball, point guard in basketball and so I, I became uh, a very much aware as a, as a teenager about the importance of leadership in, in that sports field and then I carried on into college and on beyond and I began getting these leadership opportunities. We didn't hear the word then and there were no books on leadership then 
There were no seminars, there were no retreats on leadership, but I was thrust into those roles at a very early age. That's fascinating, Pat. And you've written and read extensively on the topic. Um, and I I'm, I'm, have been so blessed by the material that you've written. It's been such an, an inspiration to me and practical. What I love about your uh, writing style, Pat, is that it's laced with stories. It's not just theory. It's stories of real life people. Uh, and, and it helps to kind of give reference to the things that you're talking about to be a practical application. Danny, I'm frequently asked, what are your hobbies, Pat? What do you do in your spare time? Are you a golfer? Are you a fisherman? Uh, do you like to go to the beach? Uh, no, no. Uh, in my spare time, and my hobby is reading and, and collecting stories yeah. and collecting quotes. You see, uh, whether through reading or in person, we are hardwired to retain stories. Uh, stories have sticky tape to them. Uh, they stick to us. Yeah. And long after the three points in a prayer are forgotten, uh, we always remember the stories. The story lingers, right. doesn't the it? The anecdotes, they, yeah. they stick with us. And, and the greatest communicators in history were great storytellers. Uh, Jesus with his parables. Right. And Abraham Lincoln with his yarns. And John F. Kennedy with his quips. And Ronald Reagan, the great communicator, well, he used a combination of all of that. <laughs> and Dr. Martin Luther King uh, would weave in anecdotes uh, because we just love stories, just like little kids at night. <laughs> I remember raising my children when they were young. Tell us another story, Dad. Well, I just told it to you. Well, tell it to me again. <laughs> I mean, they can't get enough of stories. And that's why that Chicken Soup for the Soul series has sold right. countless millions of copies because yeah. people love stories. Yeah. 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 I, recently, I was with uh, Pat, and he gave me a book he's written on these quips and stories. It was that thick. Right. <laughs> I thought, it's going to take me a half a lifetime to even get through that. Well, David, I, I gave it to you in the big print edition, and, and uh, so you can take your time with I it. appreciate that. And, I if, so and if any of them it. you don't understand, just give me a shout. And okay, I'll, I will do that. I'll, I'll go over with him. What, one of the that. other things, and I would just want to hitchhike off yeah. of that is the importance of humor. Uh, we, are, we are also, uh, every single person uh, loves to hear tales that mm. are funny. Yeah. Right. Or bring some laughter. Yeah. Particularly in the church. You know, we all come on Sunday morning uh, very sober-faced, yes. you know. But, but if you can get some people laughing, uh, then they're going to end up listening to you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, laughter opens up doors. It, 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 yeah. it, it relaxes us. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it brings us um, uh, just into a comfortable setting. Yeah. I, so totally humor is a good that. thing. That's why I gave you that book, David. Yeah. <laughs> okay, thank you. Thank you. In the large edition. <laughs> so, Pat, I know all three of us believe that the world's greatest leadership book is definitely the Bible. Why is it that you've kind of come to that conclusion over the years? Well, David, when I became a Christian over 50 years ago, and I started to read the Bible and uh, began to understand it a little bit better, uh, I was amazed, mm. and I'm still amazed, mm -hmm. but starting in the book of Genesis, it's the greatest leadership book ever published. That's I mean, right. there, there are somewhere over 60,000 leadership books. Mm -hmm. If you go up on Amazon, mm -hmm. 60,000 of them are up there. 
But this one uh, is just saturated with, with leadership stories. Yeah. Uh, and, and so go back, and I wrote a book a few years ago called Leading God's Way, mm-hmm. uh, in which we took, I don't know, 18 or 20 leaders in the Bible and studied them to see what it is they did well. Yeah. But throughout the scripture, you're going to see the word lead. You're going to see the word led. You're going to see the word governed. Yeah. Uh, we are just filled with, with examples of leadership. So I encourage people, first of all, to get a good study Bible. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though we've been Christians for a long time, perhaps, uh, the Bible still can be a little bit overwhelming. Right. So these study Bibles, this happens to be the Jeremiah study Bible, not the prophet, but the, right. the preacher, David <laughs> Jeremiah. Uh, the Chuck Swindoll study Bible yeah. is out. Right. Uh, the Warren Wearsby study Bible, wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. And now Dr. Tony Evans has come out with his study Bible. So it's important uh, to have one of those Bibles with you uh, to get a good understanding. And then they will give you these little notes mm-hmm. uh, about leadership and how this particular person led. It's fascinating when you really begin to read the scriptures looking for examples of leadership. So some of those scriptures, can you give us several examples of those scriptures that just exemplify, exude leadership? David, I think I can. And first of all, this is one of my favorites. In the, in the last verses of Psalm 78, li- listen to this. Uh, he chose David, his servant, and took him from the sheep pens. Mm-hmm. He was looking after sheep. Mm-hmm. From tending the sheep, he brought him to be the shepherd of his people, Jacob, of Israel, his inheritance. And David led them, mm-hmm. shepherded them yep. with integrity of heart, with skillful hands, he led them. Now, in those last two lines, we're learning two things about David. First of all, character. Mm-hmm. And secondly, competence. Exactly. That's yep. great. And you need both of them. You can have yep. the greatest character in the world, but if you don't have competence, you're not going to get it done. Right. Or you can have great competence as a leader, but if your character's not good, that's not going to work. Right. And so th- this is a verse I think that every leader should memorize. I agree. And really have right there. It's a, it's a wonderful, wonderful verse yeah. there at the end of Psalm 78. Yeah. It's, it's one of my favorite that's been uh, really a, one of the guiding principles of my own life. Good. Can you give us an example of another scripture? Well, I, I just, um, there we go, just like, it's magic. Look at yeah. that. <laughs> I, I just came across this one recently in the Life Application Study Bible, mm-hmm. which is selling like hotcakes, by the way. Right. Here we go. The men of Issachar understood the times and knew what Israel should do. They understood the times. You know what that means? They were on top of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were not living in the past. Uh, they were not reflecting, you know, about what it was like hundreds of years ago. Uh, they were current on what was going on now. And to be a great leader, you've got to be aware of what's happening in your community or what's mm-hmm. happening in your neighborhood or what's happening in your country. Yeah. Understood the times and knew mm-hmm. what the United States should do. Yeah. Or knew what mm-hmm. the city should do. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. And there it is. Just, I mean, how many people dig deeply into first chronicles yeah. chapter 12 <laughs> gotta blow the dust off you there know? you go but, there but, you go but there it is yep. tucked right in there yep. it's yep. it's fascinating yep. yeah that out of nowhere that little verse comes up mm-hmm. yeah. i think we've got one more David. yeah uh-huh yeah let's look at the third one first chronicles 740 all these were descendants of asher asher must have been something mm. heads of families look at these things they were heads of families that means they were good husbands right they were choice men. That means they had strong character. 
They were brave. They were mm-hmm. courageous mm-hmm. and outstanding leaders. That's exactly how it's worded. Yeah. First uh, Chronicles 740. We, we ought to start a 740 club here for men. <laughs> right. Uh, 740 a.m. Yeah. I, yeah. I prefer 740 p.m., but 740. <laughs> and and uh, let men gather and, and just talk about those four qualities uh, that Asher's descendants had. Can you imagine? And, and later on in that verse, it says, I don't know, 26,000 or some incredible number who were these descendants of Asher and according to the scriptures, they all had these qualities. Can yeah. you imagine? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Pat, let's, let's kind of pivot and introduce Jesus into this whole conversation. And wh- when did you first start studying Jesus as a leader and recognizing, wait a minute, he's not only the savior of the world, a healer, a teacher, but he's a leader on unparalleled scale? I guess it went back to a, a book I wrote close to 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was called The Paradox of Power. Mm-hmm. And we began to look uh, at, at Jesus through the lens of leadership. And that was a real eye-opener to me. Mm-hmm. And uh, here's what I discovered. That Jesus possessed seven outstanding leadership qualities. Yeah. And uh, we're going to talk about them briefly right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Why don't you <coughs> summarize each one of them for us? Because we found these to be so good. And then we'll unpack some of them in a conversation. Okay. Uh-huh. Well, let me, let me just go over them. Okay. First of all, uh, to be a great leader like Jesus, you must have vision. You've got to see the future mm-hmm. uh, before it gets here. You've got to see way down the road and, and understand where you're headed. Secondly, you need to be able to communicate your vision. It's one thing to have a vision as a leader, but if you cannot communicate it effectively, uh, nothing's going to happen to that vision. Thirdly, uh, Jesus had great people skills. Uh, As you read through the scriptures, those three years of his public ministry, they were all revolving around people. He cared about people. He was interested in people. He loved people. Yeah. And he still does. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, Number four, Jesus was a man of character. Honesty, yeah. integrity, responsibility. And here's the character quality I like the most, humility, mm. a humble spirit. Isn't that a wonderful thing? It is. It uh, is. Number five is called competence. Leaders are good at what they do. And we could have a whole discussion about how do leaders become good. Yeah. Are they born that way or are they yeah, made? Right. Well, every leader's been born at some point, mm-hmm. uh, but they also uh, they get a time. chance, they get an opportunity. That's why it's so important to give young people in church and in school and sports opportunities to lead. Mm-hmm. Because when that leadership bug bites, it bites permanently. Yeah. And, and you, you are absolutely compelled to lead. Number, yeah, six, number six, it's called boldness. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, t- I kid with people, and I say, not baldness, but <laughs> boldness. Uh, Who is uh, that directed towards? <laughs> you know, uh, there you go. Uh, bold leaders, you see, are not afraid to make decisions. Yeah. Uh, they realize that an organization will not move forward unless somebody is the decider. Mm-hmm. And you can see Jesus constantly making bold decisions going face to face with the Pharisees and just challenging them and yeah. the Sadducees. He didn't like them. Yeah. And, and he went right at them. 
And then in the uh, temple, you know, he was upset, terribly upset mm -hmm. when he saw all, all that was going on there. And he turned over these tables. And that was bold. Let all the birds loose and the goats and the sheep. Can you see that scene? I want to yeah. see that on instant replay. <laughs> uh, and, and many times as I'm reading, I'm saying, Jesus, why don't you maybe just back off a little here? Mm -hmm. But boy, he was... He was yeah, after it. He, yeah. didn't, he didn't want things right. to slide. Yeah. And, then, and then the final point uh, that Jesus possessed, and, and we all need, it's called a serving heart. Mm -hmm. uh, serving hearted leaders are always thinking about others. Yeah. Their thought pattern is, it's not about me, it's about you. Mm -hmm. It's not about advancing my career goals, it's about advancing yours. It's not about my success, mm -hmm. it's about your success and the success of this church or the success of this company that I'm working with. And Jesus made it very clear, very clear. He said, I did not come to be served, but to serve. Yeah. And he models for us numerous yeah. times yeah. This, this heart of a servant. So those That's are the great. seven qualities that Jesus possessed. And uh, the, the good news is uh, we can emulate all of them. Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, those are not uh, above our head. Yeah. And, and I want to say one other thing, Danny, all seven have to be here. Right. If one of those seven is missing, that's a gaping hole. Right. So it's not a matter of picking and choosing here. Right. And I would say to leaders, as you look at those seven qualities that Jesus had, if you're weak in an area or so, uh, okay. concentrate on it. You, can, you yeah. can get better. You yeah. can improve. Yeah. So yeah. Those, those are, that's a quick so, look at uh, Jesus as a leader. David, before mm -hmm. we go any deeper, mm -hmm. I want to make a, a comparison that's just encouraging to me and maybe it's encouraging to the people at home because when we talk about Jesus leadership, there's a big, big um, gap, I think, to myself going, well, that's Jesus and I can't be Jesus. Yeah. But the beauty, as you said earlier, of the stories of scripture is that most of the stories are of men and women who had incredible failures in their life and they were weak and they many times reluctant leaders like, mm -hmm. I don't want to do this. Don't ask me to do this, God. I, I, I don't know if I can be successful and I'm scared. Like the, Moses. The, yeah. <laughs> uh, so the reluctant leaders and, and maybe even the unknown leaders, people who possess many of these skills, but they've never been asked and they've never stepped into it, can still improve or can still access um, being a leader, even if you're, or because we're not Jesus, right? We don't have to be Jesus to lead, yeah. but we can learn from him. Danny, we'll talk about that a little that, bit. That's an interesting point you bring up because I have just finished writing a book and, and we did not set this up in advance. Right. Uh, the book is finished and it's called The Reluctant Leader. Okay. Uh, because I think, not everyone, but most people are reluctant to lead. Moses is the best example. Right. You know, he kept arguing with God. God gave him this huge assignment. And Moses had one excuse after the other about why he couldn't do it. And I can remember, Danny, when, when I was a junior at Wake Forest, uh, being approached by a big old basketball player named Jerry Steele, who said that the freshman varsity basketball game, uh, which the monogram club is meant to put on, we haven't done anything and the game's a week away. Williams, he said, I'm, I'm putting you in charge. And I, I tried to mutter, well, I don't, I, 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 and Jerry was gone. He was about 6'8", 240 pounds, <laughs> and he just left the, the, the room, and there we were. I had no choice. And so what do you do? Well, I gathered some of my, my teammates and classmates, and 
we, we got to work, we got tickets quickly and some promotion, and we got a little band, and we got a halftime show, <laughs> and, and, and guess what happened? The next thing you know, you're the senior vice president of Orlando Magic, Danny, doing the, the same whole, thing. That, that whole night went beautifully. <laughs> Crazy. And, and, and it went, came off just wonderfully, and, and I was so excited and so thrilled with what happened my, my life's work began right with that there. incident. That's incredible. And right. that's what I've been doing for low these, well, 60 years. I think that's a awesome. lot of people find themselves where you were, mm -hmm. that, that we're asking them lead, lead other people to Jesus. And most of them are like, I don't, I don't know how to do that and I can't do that. And really what we want to encourage them through these, mm -hmm. this outline here um, is we can all do this. Yeah. this is, uh, it's accessible to all of us. Yeah, let's even make that even more practical. Let's unpack a couple of more of these or go back to several of these. For example, uh, vision. To Danny's point a while ago, everyone that's watching today, they're a leader. They might be leading their family or yes. their kids or a team or a business enterprise or a nonprofit you know, engagement. What's an example out of the life of Jesus where he had vision? Because a lot of people, vision feels like such an ethereal thing, doesn't it? Right. So how can we uh, adapt that quality of the life of Jesus in our day-to-day -day leadership walk? I believe, David, that uh, leadership has to begin with vision. Yeah. Bill Walsh, the great mm -hmm. football coach, yep. put it this way. He said, vision really is just a highfalutin word for goals. Yeah. Well, a visionary leader can see exactly where she's going, and nobody's going to follow you if, if they think that you're on a wobbly path. Yeah. Uh, let's go to the 14th chapter of John. So here is Jesus talking to his disciples. Let not your heart be troubled, mm. he says, first of all, to mm, calm them that's down. Good. You believe in God, believe also in me. Mm -hmm. Then he says, in my Father's house are many mansions. I mean, he saw this, you see, and the disciples didn't. We don't necessarily. Right. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. And then he said, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place, I shall receive you or bring you to where I am. And then the disciples began to quibble. We don't know what you're talking about, Jesus. We, we've only been with you three years. We don't have a right. clue. And then Jesus in that great verse I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but through me. And so Jesus had this vision of heaven that we still have trouble grasping. We get little glimpses of it, but Jesus saw it very clearly. His vision was crystal clear on that one. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I can't wait for the day when we get to check it out in person right. <laughs> and, and, and see exactly what it's like. That's just an example of Jesus as a visionary leader. Yeah. And I'll tell you one other thing. We live in Orlando, Florida. I like to call it the vision capital of the world. Mm. Mm. And it goes back probably to 1963 when Walt Disney came here mm -hmm. for right. a secret mission, <laughs> a, a second theme park yeah. in the east side of the country. And he, he went over that, that massive piece of property by air yeah. out west of Orlando. Mm -hmm. And Danny, it, it couldn't have been much. Swamps, oh, lakes, yeah. Yeah. open fields. There was nothing there. Orange trees. Yeah. And, and he looked down and he, I'm sure he envisioned that's where the castle's going to go. And we'll have a working movie studio here. And I want uh, an animal kingdom there. I want wild animals here. Yeah. And he probably he saw the whole thing. 
a visionary leader. And then not right. long after, here comes Arnold Palmer right. uh, to visit us and, mm. and says, I want to make this the golf capital of the world. Mm. And so on and on it goes. Those great examples. These people that have come to Central Florida, they have a vision and they still do. Yeah. A vision of what they can accomplish with their life. So I think everything starts with vision. And I, I do want to speak to parents and teachers and coaches uh, it's up to you to establish a vision mm -hmm. in the mind of your children yeah. and your students and your athletes. Yeah. You know, you, you, and it can just be a word. You know, Fred, I, I can see you being a, a tremendous, tremendous coach one day. Mm -hmm. And Fred's never thought about that at right. age 12. Right. But now all of a sudden he think, he's thinking, boy, coach said I'm going to be a coach. He comes home and tells his parents. We say to... Uh, young Frida. Mm -hmm. Frida, you know, I can see you in a hospital. Yes. You just have nurse written all over you. Yeah. And Frida at 13 says, yeah, I'm going to be a nurse because right. my teacher said I could, you know, we are vision planters with, with young people. Yeah. Hmm. yeah that, that's the key to being a good teacher, a good, a good coach, a good pastor getting that vision started. So, yeah. uh, but, but now David, if I can just mm -hmm hitchhike off of that, now you've got to communicate that vision. Mm -hmm. and, and so I would give anything, if I could have been with Jesus uh, at the start of Matthew chapter five, mm -hmm. and Jesus begins to communicate his vision, a whole new vision for life on this planet. Right. And he takes three full chapters nonstop it's all in red, right. <laughs> and, and on he goes for three chapters, communicating this vision for a new way of life. Oh, I hope somebody taped it. <laughs> uh, I hope out in the Middle East in a cave there's a little cassette tape. <laughs> Maybe so. But until we find that, I just encourage people to go and, um, and read it for yourself. Yeah. And yeah. read it slowly and, and take it all in. Yeah. And, and, and you see, leadership generally gravitates to that man or woman who can talk. Mm -hmm. Yep. That's generally who we elect to office. But it's not always, you're not born a good no. speaker. It's a skill and even Jesus in that message, he uses a technique. He doesn't just rattle off words. There's a rhythm to the way he's explaining things. You've heard it said, but I say to you. You've heard it said, but I say to yeah, you. Isn't that great? And it meant it, it, it brings in the audience that was there going, well, yeah, we have heard that. What? Yep. And that rhythm is a, a communication technique that Jesus employed mm -hmm. to be effective. Yeah. That's I, what um, uh, Martin Luther King was so good at. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, yep. if you, I, I, here, here's a quick footnote. On August 28, 1963, guess where I was? I was in Washington, D.C. with my mother and sister right there on the edge awesome. really? for that day. Awesome. Uh, I had just finished my second year playing ball in the Philly system in Miami and I was driving north at the end of the season. My mother said, well, we're not going to be home, Wilmington, Delaware, mm -hmm. but we're going to be in Washington. Why don't you meet us there? Wow. Now, I had not been following things, but there, so I found them. And there we, where we stayed that day, that hot August day. And I heard uh, Dr. King that day, not realizing it was a, it was a huge wow. day in American mm -hmm. history, but there I was. No kidding. And, uh, and, and where were you on that <laughs> yeah. day? I don't think we were at history making moments. You weren't even going yet. We're glad you were. <laughs> so um, here, here's what I'm saying. Yeah. Study the great communicators. Mm -hmm. right. 
we don't have uh, we don't have tape of uh, Abraham Lincoln, but we can certainly study Ronald Reagan, right, and John F. Kennedy and sure. Martin Luther King, and uh, we can certainly study the great communicators. Mm-hmm. Uh, so study speaking. It's a it's an art. It's a wonderful art, and the best leaders always have been the best communicators. And and as I mentioned earlier, they also are wonderful storytellers. They know how to weave their stories in to reinforce their points. So speaking of story, as you've tried to exemplify these seven things in your own life, what's an example of one of the most difficult leadership decisions you've ever had to make, and how did your faith play a significant role in that? Bobby Bowden has told this story about his life, and I can identify with it. I started as a minor league ball player in the Philly system, and then ended up in Spartanburg, South Carolina. Um, we began to have some wonderful success as it, it, running that minor league ball club. I was very ambitious, very goal-driven, and then I met Jesus. Mm. In February of 1968, I was 27. Mm-hmm. And for the first time, I said, okay, it's in your hands, Jesus. I surrender all of this, yeah. my goals, my dreams, my career aspirations, it's all in your hands. Mm -hmm. And about three months later, I got a call from Dr. Jack Ramsey, the basketball coach, Mm -hmm. the GM of the 76ers. My whole life had been dedicated to to baseball. And he offers me a job running the 76ers at age 28. Uh, And and I I had nothing to do with this. I didn't know Jack Ramsey. I'd never met him. He didn't know me. Hmm. The call came out of nowhere. Is, is God at work? Hmm. And, and one year later, after a year with Jack Ramsey, I get another call. This one from the Chicago Bulls. They need a GM. I'm 29 at this point. I go for the interview. They offer me the job, and I, I, I go to Chicago. Hmm. I didn't know that job was open. I had nothing to do with it. Hmm. And four years later, the same thing happened with the Atlanta Hawks. I didn't know anything about that, and I go to Atlanta. And then Philadelphia invites me back. And I spent 12 years there. And then this guy named Jimmy Hewitt down here in Orlando, Florida, says, we ought to bring a, an expansion team. We, we ought to become a big league sports city here. Yeah. Uh, but I, and I'll do my part, but you've got to come here and do it for us. And so I have to decide. And I didn't have anything to do with any of that. Hmm. My point is that when you turn your life over to the Lord, get ready. Yeah. Get ready. Yeah. And when you stop maneuvering and when you stop trying to move all the parts around, right. uh, you know, it's not going to work. But God knows. And, and, and as I trace that career, every single one of those opportunities came seemingly yeah. came out of nowhere. Yeah. But it didn't. Yeah. Right. That, and that, that comes down just to, to trusting God totally and, and leaving it in his hands. Yeah. Well, I I can tell you both Danny and I have high appreciation of what you did when you came in as, you know, co-founder as well as uh, the uh, senior vice president of The Magic. I think the only thing that has been very disconcerting to us is you let Shaq go, Uh, Penny uh, go, (laughs) Dwight Howard. Where was leadership there, Pat? Oh, David, what can I tell you? Unfortunately... Um, the lure of the big city okay. <laughs> got them. Okay. Um, I, I am in the middle of another project right now, 
and that is attempting to lead the way to bring Major League Baseball to Central Florida. We've heard rumors of such. Yeah, I, I really believe, and I believed this long ago, uh, that, that this is a, the spot in Florida yeah. to put a ball club. They've gone to Miami, they've gone to St. Pete, mm -hmm. neither one has worked. And our job is now to convince Major League Baseball that this, this is where they should have been in the first place. Yeah. And uh, we're going to continue to drive that message home. And, right. and it's an interesting time in my life because after all this writing and all this speaking on leadership, now I get to practice it in reality. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. Once again. Yeah. Once again. Yeah. Right. Yeah. With a lot more background now and a lot more experience and a lot more understanding of how this leadership thing works yeah. because I've been writing about it extensively and speaking about it. Now I get to live it and do it again. Yeah, that's awesome. So this is a very, very interesting time in my life. That's awesome. Danny, I think we want to kind of start bringing this home now to all the people that uh, are watching and participating in this. So I want to invite you to think through just two simple questions. The first one is this, as we think through the seven different leadership qualities of Jesus, what's one of those that happens to be strong in your leadership? Again, whether as a mom or as a dad, as a business owner, as a nonprofit, what, are, what is that one out of those seven, we'll just put them up here on the screen again, that you feel like God has allowed you to be strong in, that you can pause for a moment and absolutely celebrate? Is it vision? Is it communication? Is it people skills? Is it character, competence, the boldness, the serving heart? Will you just take a moment and go, God, thank you. Thank you for making that particular quality come alive in me and just celebrate that in this moment. And then I think a second appropriate question would be out of that list of seven things, the life of leadership of Jesus, what's the one that you feel like as we've been having this conversation today that God is inviting you to lean into even more in this next season of your life? no matter what your leadership endeavor is. Why don't you take a moment and say, God, let that one thing become stronger within me by the power of your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Pat, before we wrap this up, how would you like to kind of summarize everything we've been talking about, the three of us today? Well, let me say two things in conclusion. I've got the three most recent books I've written, mm -hmm. Character Carved in Stone, Lead Like Walt, mm -hmm. and Leading God's Way. Right. Uh, they, they are at the bookstore here. Yeah. Yeah. And secondly, uh, I've got a dear friend, his name is Swen Nader, longtime NBA center, he's a mm -hmm. poet. Mm -hmm. And knowing of my interest in leadership, he, uh, he put something, a little something together for me, and I, I wanna share this to, to summarize. Seven things one must do to be a leader right and true. Have vision that is strong and clear. Communicate so they can hear. Have people skills based in love mm. and character that's mm. far above. Mm. The competence to solve and teach and boldness that has fearless reach. A serving heart that stands close by to help, assist, and edify. And uh, that ought to do it. That's beautiful. <laughs> that ought to do it. And we can all really strive to be seven-sided leaders. Yeah. And, and I, I just want to remind us that the future of Orlando, Florida, the future of the state of Florida, the mm. future of our nation mm. hinges on this next generation of leaders yeah. coming along. Yeah. And wouldn't it be yeah. great 
if someone who's watching us today, or maybe someone's, dozens, hundreds of people who, especially young people with their parents watching us today, go, hey, maybe that leader's gonna be me. That in 20, 30, 50 years from now, somebody says, you know what? I was watching a Sunday morning broadcast when they had a hurricane and we couldn't come to church and because of Corona and everything else. But I heard about how God wants us to lead better and to use our influence for the sake of Jesus and to have the same impact for the next generation, Pat, that you've had mm -hmm. in our generation. I've been in Orlando since I was in second grade. Uh, I can just attest, I don't know if anybody's had the influence in our community that you have had yeah. uh, as a presence here. And what inspires me the most is that you've used that um, for Jesus. I recently saw after Kobe's death, I think it was on, oh, I don't know, I'm not Fox sure which, friends, Fox, Fox yeah. and Friends. Uh, you had a great opportunity, not just to speak, but to talk about your faith. And I just wanna uh, commend yeah. you and applaud you for that. I also wanna let uh, our church family know that Pat and I have been working on a project for a couple of years to uh, take some space that we have here in our office area and to uh, put a Pat Williams Leadership Library as a part of that with your, some of your memorabilia. And I think you have over 10,000 books um, that we're gonna try to make a part of that library. And we're working on how exactly that happens, but we wanna inspire leadership among our staff and among our people. And I'm just grateful to you for your participation in that, Pat. Yes. You always are looking to how you can help other people become leaders, how you can inspire others to lead. I've seen you speak to teenagers, inspiring that. I've seen you lead your life group, inspiring that. And you've done this for our staff as well, wanting us to become better leaders. Leadership, there's some of it that's gifted, right? People are gifted in certain ways, but it is a skill that can be learned. Yes. And yes. can be honed and practiced. Mm -hmm. And you have inspired that in me personally, and I know in mm -hmm. David as well. And we're really grateful that you joined us today. And I know inspired our people uh, today around that topic. Well, I'm so glad that we could do this. And um, it's been, it, and not only has it been uplifting, it's been fun. Yeah, <laughs> And uh, leadership should be fun. Right. It's not easy. Uh, right. there, there are mountains to get over and valleys to navigate and open fields of desert. But the rewards are great. Incredible. There's nothing more satisfying than seeing a leadership effort uh, become reality yeah and that's what great leaders do they take that vision and they turn that vision into reality they they, they see the finished product and then they work backwards mm -hmm. right putting the pieces in place to right. turn that vision into reality yeah. and and there's nothing more rewarding than to see that finished product come about when it was just a little tiny idea right mm -hmm. in somebody's mind and some thought way in the distance and now all of a sudden it's real. It's happened. Yeah. Right. I just want to say thank you, Pat. Thank yes. you for thank being you, a part today. David, great. thanks. Good yeah. to see you. David, You're very thank welcome. You. Good to see you again. And I want to say uh, to you at home today how thankful we are that you joined us. And, you know, uh, we've been praying for you uh, on a regular basis and during this season, but we're not praying. Uh, uh, we're praying intentionally. Let me put it what we are doing. We're praying intentionally that God will position you uh, to be able to influence the people around you. And whatever venue that is, whether it's at work or in your neighborhood or in your family or at school, um, that you'll have the opportunity to lead. In the weeks that come, we're going to be asking you to use your influence, use your leadership to coalesce people into a conversation 
around spiritual things. And how exactly you do that, we are trusting and asking that you'll use some of these techniques, some of these skills, these facets or angles or sides of leadership to help improve the way you're influencing the people right there in your own life, in your, where you live, work and play um, to influence people for the gospel. I know you can do it. And some of you are the reluctant leader that Pat's talked about. You're not sure you know how to have the conversation. And I'm just encouraging you to, to just start praying and start practicing and know that God's gonna use you to influence the people around you. Thanks again for listening to the First Orlando Podcast. For more information like our service times, location, and other contact information, be sure to visit us online at firstorlando.com. Have a great week.